Good morning, people of God. Good morning. Special welcome to those of you visiting with us this morning. Uh, it's been a weekend. Holy cow. So uh, just so you know right now from the get-go, I'm wearing a mask. Uh, I will not be hugging and greeting you on your way out today. We've got flu in our house. Uh, you know, our youngest three-year-old, of course, came down with it Friday. And, you know, he can't stay in his room and isolate. So Mama had to move into there wearing a mask for the last couple of days. And sure enough, our next youngest, Augie, uh, had a fever this morning. So it's like, oh, so I love you all too much that I'm not going to give you hugs, okay? Or I'm not going to greet you on your way out. I'm just going to, you know, lead you through worship. We'll do this together. I'll keep your distance. Good thing you all are Lutherans so that you already planned for this. You left this big open space. It's brilliant. <laughs> See, it's just, it's right in our DNA. We're actually, we, we isolate or we, uh, we leave that bubble, yeah, don't yeah, we? we? We're do good at that, yes. <laughs> so We also play, uh, pray on our own in the closet. That's yes, we we're really good that. about not boasting yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. about how awesome our God is. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so happy that you are all here with us. Thank you for joining us. If you are uh, with us online, uh, we will be celebrating Holy Communion. So hopefully you received a communion cup on your way in. For those of you at home, I invite you to get some bread and some wine or grape juice following our time of confession today. A couple announcements. We will be hosting a blue Christmas service tomorrow night. Uh, and, and just so you all know, I have no symptoms and I'm not sick. I'm just trying to make sure. So, I'm not, yeah, you're good here. <laughs> but tomorrow night we're going to be having a, a blue Christmas service at 7 o'clock. Uh, and again, this blue Christmas service is an intentional service to acknowledge that not all of us are feeling the joy of this time of year. That for some of us, uh, you know, we might be struggling or having a more difficult time or just really wanting to reconnect or connect in a deeper level with our God because we're just not feeling it this time of year. So uh, that's tomorrow night. And even if you are doing great, you can come and support those who aren't. Uh, it'll be a completely different worship service than this morning. Uh, we will be live streaming it as well, so you're welcome to join us online. Uh, but to me, it's a, such a beautiful worship experience to acknowledge kind of where we're at and kind of how we move through the tough times of our lives with our God. Amen? Amen. So uh, that's tomorrow night. Uh, we have three services on Christmas Eve this year, which is, oh yeah, on Saturday. Wow! Well, well, you wait a minute. This Saturday? <laughs> I know, oh, right? Dude, I got plans. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hope you all have, don't have plans yet. Yes, no bowl games. Uh, okay, so Saturday, two, four, and six o'clock services. The 2 o'clock service will be somewhat similar to our 4 and 6, but it'll be a different message. It's going to be through shadow play. So it's more for kids, probably for most of you adults. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a different experience, if you will. So, But the 4 and 6 are our regular traditional services. We will also be worshiping next Sunday morning, only at the 9.30 service, though. So no 11 o'clock service next week. And... Uh, I'm wearing PJs. Y'all are welcome to as well, as long as they are publicly appropriate. I was actually going to show up in my robe today and, and kind of like, oh, that's not this week. <laughs> <laughs> that would but fit too warm. That would fit right along with uh, with our mentality these days. Like, <laughs> oh, that was this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's next Sunday morning. We will worship at 9:30. Uh, January 1st through the 7th, we are partnering once again with Utica United Methodist Church to help them host a warming shelter. Uh, they usually get somewhere between 70 and 100 guests, uh, homeless people, to stay with them. 
Well, we're going to join with them in uh, uh, going to volunteer. So if you are an adult, what a great way to kick off the, the new year to share some of the blessings that we might have with those who don't. So they're looking for people to either help um, serve a meal, uh, to be with the guests, to have a conversation maybe, to do the odds and ends, whatever is needed. So uh, if you're available the, the week of the 1st through the 7th, that would be awesome. Also, on your way out, um, there's that Christmas tree in the entryway. There are little tags on there. They're in need of some supplies for like lunches, for different you know, odds and ends again. So if you have time this week and you're able to pick you know, a couple of those up, that would be awesome as well. So grab one of those or a couple of those on your way out today. Anything else with that, John? Okay. If you have any questions, John Gayhart is uh, a, kind of our, our liaison with U, uh, Utica United. So um, thank you for that. Also wanted to share with you uh, just some thankfulness, I guess, of uh, who you are and your generosity. Once again, we've completed our Lighthouse Outreach uh, event, if you will, where we put out 90 bags for kids who won't otherwise be receiving anything this time of year, and you did not disappoint. There were 92 filled bags. Somehow, some of you found more bags. I don't know. <laughs> it was like loaves and fishes. I don't know what happened. But we got 92 bags back, 34 packages of diapers, six boxes of toiletries, $925 in gift cards, and $330 in money donations. So thank you for all of that. That is no small thing. So um, what a wonderful gift to give this time of year to all those kids that won't receive much. With all that said, uh, I invite Emily to come forward for the lighting of our Advent wreath. Oh God, we light the fourth candle of Advent. We hear your angel Gabriel and witness the faith of Mary and Joseph. Fill us with your grace and light. Mary was a young, strong, spiritual woman. Even though her life was not easy, she heard God's voice and said yes. Joseph was faced with a difficult decision. Even though the pressures and expectations of society were real, he heard God's voice and embraced the mystery of Mary's pregnancy. This Advent, we respond to God's beckoning to us as well. Revealing God, visit us and fill us with your spirit. Bring your good news to life within us. Give us courage to carry your light into the injustices and shadows of this world. Amen. We join our voices in one of the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, uh-huh. 
I invite you to stand as you are able and greet your neighbors around you. If you're joining us online, put a little hello in your, in your chat this morning. Let us pray. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. With your abundant grace and might, free us from the sin that hinders our faith, that eagerly we may receive your promises. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we enter into our fourth and final week of this season that we call Advent, a time of preparing together for the coming of Christmas and for the birth of our God. We started three weeks ago. And the message that we received was one of encouragement, reinforcing the need that we need to be looking for God together, looking for his coming into our lives, into this world all around us. Because sometimes that's what we need to see. Sometimes we need to see it so we can tell others where we've seen God as well. That together we can experience the hope, the peace, the love, and the joy, not only that Advent can bring, but also that our Savior brings as well. Two Sundays ago, we heard from John the Baptist boldly crying out to prepare the way for the Lord. Make some straight paths right into your hearts. In fact, he was so bold, people were coming from everywhere just to be baptized and, and to hear his message of repentance, to turn back from their ways and to turn toward God. He was so bold, so confident of the coming of the Messiah, he even told the religious leaders at that time that they were just a bunch of vipers. Whew, that's bold. Last week, we heard how even John the Baptist, who Jesus claimed to be the greatest among the prophets, in fact, the greatest of anyone ever born of a woman, even John the Baptist had doubts and struggles and moments in life when he just wasn't certain if Jesus really was the one that they had been waiting for so desperately. And spoilers, just in case you weren't able to be with us last Sunday, it turns out Jesus actually is. I know, shocking, right? <laughs> well, this week we actually get a taste of Christmas before Christmas. As we read once again from the book of Matthew, this time in the first chapter, starting in verse 18, I invite you to follow along on the screen. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had, res when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord, by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So by now, I am really starting to wonder if it's me or if it's just the way Matthew shares these stories. But just like last week's reading, I can't help but feel a sense of heartache going on here. And if you didn't catch it the first time I just read this story or as you listened to it, that's understandable. It's easy to miss this heartache that I speak about. Part of the reason is because Matthew's version of Jesus' birth is just so short. It's all stuffed into just a half dozen verses here. It starts at the beginning verse that I read, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. And just a few verses later, but he had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. That's it. There is the birth of Jesus according to the Gospel of Matthew, nine months crammed into a couple of verses, the fastest birth ever to happen. Woo! So it's no surprise that we might miss some things. Another reason why it might be easy to miss the heartache is how we tend to focus on the extraordinary parts of this story. The appearance of an angel in a dream a fulfilled prophecy from the book of Isaiah maybe a thousand years before this. The virgin birth. These are always, they they, they steal our attention because, well, we just don't experience them in our lives all that often. So those are what grab our attention. It's easy to miss some other stuff. But honestly, I think the biggest reason we tend to gloss over or maybe even miss completely the heartache at the core of this familiar story is that we unintentionally domesticate this Christmas story, don't we? Whether by hearing it, by, by hushed tones, by candlelight, or because of beloved hymns which make, which make it all sound so magical, almost like a fairy tale, right? We forget that Mary and Joseph were actually real human beings. We get it in our minds that it's almost like a Hansel and Gretel, you know, a, a fairy tale, instead of a couple of real people experiencing real life. In our imagination, Jesus never cries, (laughs) right? That manger scene is so beautiful and quiet. I have never seen a baby sit so quietly in my life. Mary looked more like a blushing young bride in a beautiful light blue robe rather than someone who had just given birth. And Joseph, good old Joseph, he's that calm, protective, and paternal father, often standing over, not helping, but just watching. But I'm thinking, you know what, let's, let's not skip over or miss what's really going at the core of this story. Let's sink our teeth in a little bit more. Nod your heads if you're with me, amen? All right. I was going to do it regardless if you actually nodded your heads anyway, so sorry. <laughs> So let's start with this matter of engagement. 
In the first century world that Joseph and Mary belonged to, being engaged was not some romantic declaration of intent. Okay? It was more like a a legal contract, a binding in every respect. To be engaged was basically to be married, but you weren't living together or having sex. Okay? That's what engagement was back then. Which means that when Joseph learns that Mary is pregnant... Dun, dun, dun! He has to be thinking that the only conclusion is that Mary has been unfaithful to him. And you can just imagine what he's feeling. The pain, the anguish, the sense of betrayal that any one of us would have felt finding that out. You start to feel the heartache a little bit more, huh? In Joseph's day, there, there were only two realistic possibilities when faced with, with what was going on here. Or what must have seemed to Joseph like an unquestionable reality. Mary's infidelity, she has to have had relations with someone. He could have either publicly declared his injury, in which case Mary would very likely have been stoned at the edge of the town. Or he could divorce or dismiss her, as Matthew says, quietly. Save her from public disgrace, to which then she would basically raise her child on her own, have to do whatever she could to make ends meet. And he chooses the latter. And so, if Joseph is suffering, it's hard to imagine that Mary comes out of us all, through all this unscathed, right? On the flip side, we get a lot of, of Joseph's story from Matthew. We don't get a lot from Mary, but we, get a, we have to at least have an idea of what she might be going through. She knows what it meant for her to be pregnant before she was actually married, especially if this child isn't her soon-to-be husband's. And so this young teenage girl has got to be an absolute wreck. Do you hear a little bit more of the heartache in this story? Keep in mind, this whole thing was so broken and so messed up, it takes a visit from an angel to calm all this down. That's how big of a thing this was. God had to send an angel to slow it all down, to bring Joseph around to God's plan. And angels typically don't don't get involved unless there's some very heavy lifting throughout Scripture. So I think it's safe to say that the months leading up to Jesus' birth were not one blissful baby shower after another, but were filled with anxiety and concern and some huge emotions, maybe some of those emotions that we've experienced ourselves at various times in our lives. And of course, Matthew skims right over all this because, well, the birth of Jesus took this place, or took, took place in this way, and a few verses later, he was born and named. But do we hear the heartache? And here's the thing. We've all, every single one of us, have experienced some, some upheavals, some cataclysms, whatever you want to call this story, right? I call it messiness. We've had some messiness in our lives. Amen? Some of you today might be struggling to hold it all together while you're even here or watching online. Maybe you're watching online because you don't want to be around people because you're feeling so messed up. 
Families who struggle with conflicts, couples who feel disconnected, kids wondering what future they may have, elder couples uh, uh, or people might be wondering what the future holds for them as well. Some of you are seeking jobs, some looking for relationships, some of you are in need of acceptance and of worth. And that's nothing to be embarrassed about. As I mentioned last week, there's not a single person in the Bible who has all their ducks in a row or who doesn't experience any struggles in their lives. They all feel it. We're in good company. And for the rest of you that that are maybe doing just fine today, maybe life is good for you this morning, well, that's nothing to feel embarrassed about either. Life has that ebb and flow to it, right? Some days we're great, some days not so great. We all experience that roller coaster. That's why I feel like today's reading is such a good opportunity to remind us that God worked through real people with real challenges. God didn't choose a fairy tale princess to be the, the, the bearer of the Savior. Instead, He chose a, an unwed peasant girl. God didn't choose a, a political or business success story to name and care for Jesus, but rather a man who had his own doubts and questions, who wanted to do the right thing, but needed a visit from an angel to choose the right path. All of this helps us understand that name that was given to Jesus, right? That prophecy foretold that comes to be true, that he is to be called Emmanuel. God is with us. Or we might want to say God is really with us. Or God really be with us. And if, if Emmanuel, if, if Jesus is born to be with us, that means God comes to us as we are. Do you hear that? I think we get that so confused every single day. God comes to be with us as we are. Not as we should be, not as we're trying to be, not as we have promised to be or will be someday, but as we are here and now today in this very moment, regardless of who you're, how you're feeling or, or who you think you are. Amen? Oh, I think that's a promise at the core of this story for today. That as God came before to be with us, to, to be with you and accept and, and hallow Joseph and Mary at the birth of Jesus, so also God comes to each and every one of you to be with you, to use you for good, to accept you as you are, and to hallow you. Are you aware that you are made holy each and every day? Regardless of how good of a day you're having or what you've said or done or what you haven't said or haven't done, God makes you holy every day. When I say Emmanuel, God with us, that means God is in you. Now, even in your worst moments in your life, God is with you. And because of that, you are hallowed. You are sacred space. Today, dear ones, may you come to know that regardless of of how you feel life is going for you, this time of year can be a celebration. If not because of how things are going, then for the one who comes 
and resides within you. Yes, God is really with us. Really with us truly as we are. This is our Emmanuel. Come, we pray. Come again and always into our world and into our lives, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, loving God, holy child, we can't give you thanks enough today for the promises that have been given to us that you come to make good. That you come to us this Christmas season once again amidst whatever we're experiencing in our lives right now. And whether we're feeling awesome or not, because you are with us, we can celebrate. We have joy, even if we're not feeling it. And we thank you for the realness and the messiness of how you came into this world all those years ago to remind us that we don't have to be princes and princesses and royalty and and have all of our ducks together, and yet you still come. And because of that, we can dare to believe that you will come to us as well. And so thank you for this story today. Thank you for the uncertainty of Joseph to let us know that doubt is real. And at the same time, you work through that to bring about you into this world. Send your spirit to comfort us, to encourage us, to empower us, to dare to dream that you are with us, in us every day. And that every chance that we have is a new opportunity to share your love in this world. We ask for that and so much more as we enter into this holiest of weeks. In your holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Please stand as you are able. May children and heirs of God's promise, we now pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. I'm going to give you a topic for each prayer, and I'm going to invite a little space for you to offer the prayers that are on your heart regarding each topic. And after a little bit of time, I will say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the midst of all that's going on in our lives and in this world, we pray that you come. You come to be with us and for us. Remind us that you accept us as we are, that we have great value and worth in your eyes. And Lord, we just want to take this time to lift up to you all that is going on in this world that you have gifted us with. We begin by lifting up to you your people throughout this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for creation and the gift of nature that you've provided for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the nations of this world, for the governments and elected officials. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
We pray for all those who are oppressed, enslaved, for any who are in need, especially for the need of healing. As we lift up to you those people who are on our hearts, either silently or out loud. For Jane. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up to you ourselves and for everything that's going on in our lives that we are both thankful for and concerned about. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to confess those times when we have failed to live as God invites us to live and to kind of give it all to God and pray for strength and forgiveness. Please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, pour out your mercy over us. Our sin is heavy, and we long to be free. Rebuild what we have ruined. Mend what we have torn. Wash us in your cleansing flood. Make us alive in your spirit to better follow Jesus. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us. So that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to take out your communion cups. For those at home, to take out your bread and your wine or grape juice at this time as we prepare to receive Jesus Christ. I invite you to take the the bread or the wafer out first. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me, the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.
People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this morning and keep you always in God's grace and all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, thank you for prayerfully giving to King of Kings uh, to help support our ministries, the amazing work that God does through us. For those of you here in person, there are offering buckets on your way out. For those of you at home, there will be a QR code at the end of worship. Just hold your phone uh, camera up to it and it will uh, lead you right to the website. But just know that every little bit adds up to make a profound difference. Fun little story I wanted to share. Uh, I overheard one of our members talking this past week about uh, there being a need for the Detroit Rescue Mission Ministries, which we normally help here. Uh, they had a fire take place in one of their housing buildings where uh, the homeless stay. And they lost a bunch of stuff and had to displace some of their uh, uh, homeless people. Well, one thing that they noticed was that a lot of the residents there were walking out without any socks on. One of the leaders there just said, well, like, nobody has socks. And I had overheard that, and we had just collected over a thousand pairs of socks in October, thanks to a couple of our members who led that. So I gave Tyler, our connection to that, a call and just said, hey, I'm looking for like 500 pairs of socks. What can you do? <laughs> Tyler calls his brother and he's like, I got you. I'll bring them on Sunday. And it was just like, I don't I, I got goosebumps. You could probably see them from the camera from way back there. Right? It's just like, that is so awesome. How God sees a need, invites us into it, and we get to be a part of giving that gift of warmth and life. So just know that in any little way that you've helped participate both here in church and out in this world, it's part of something bigger going on, which just, I don't know, gets me excited, even more excited for this time of year. So thank you for being who you are. And as those little things pop up, just keep talking about them because who knows who's listening that they might just say, you know what, I happen to know someone who usually can find lots and lots of socks or whatever it is. It's just weird like that. Amen? Amen. Amen. May you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.